title of my message today is uh, just stay stirred up, be stirred up. And I want to talk about just that stirring in our spirit that the Bible talks, tells us that we're to continue to just be in the habit of and be about the business of doing. And so as we get into this, think about, for just example, our physical bodies, okay? Our physical bodies are stimulated and, and stirred up, if you will, by physical forms of activity. When we are breathing and you know exercising and we take in breaths, then our, our cardiovascular and respiratory system gets stirred up and moving and air starts to flow freely. It kind of you know breaks up phlegm inside of our lungs when we breathe good and deep. When we're getting our heart rate up and our, our blood pressure is up because we're doing exercise. It gets our vascularity going. Our veins fill up with blood more and they expand. And so any of the blockage that sometimes gets in those arteries and veins, it can get broke up. And, you know, it's how you keep your, your arteries and your system healthy is by consistent forms of exercise so that your blood is pumping, you know, on a regular basis and everything. And, uh, and when we eat in, take in food and eat it, it gets our metabolism going and, and our digestive system moving. And so thinking of the, in terms of our physical bodies, physical forms of activity stir up and get the, uh, uh, you know, the activity waves going, if you will, in our physical body. But such is the case with our spirit man in our bodies that, you know, our spirit that rests in our mortal bodies, that when we engage in spiritual forms of activity, that our spirit man is being stirred up, is being, you know, activities being generated, things are being brought to the surface in us. And you say, okay, well, what's like spiritual activity? Well, I think we just experienced a great example of that over these last 30 minutes, right? Seeking, I mean, resting in God's presence and worshiping him, you know, coming and learning the word of God, studying the word of God for yourself uh, because it's a living word. You know, there's spiritual activity that's happening there when we pray, when we're, we're seeking God in our alone time, just any time that we are connecting with God's spirit and our spirit, there's, there's spiritual activity that's happening that's stimulating our spirit man that physical forms of activity cannot do. Physical forms of activity are great, but they don't stir up the spirit man. Only spiritual forms of activity do, right? And so the Bible says in Corinthians that the natural things are naturally discernible, but spiritual things are spiritually discernible. So if we need to get our spirit man stirred up on a continuous basis and stay stirred up so the things of God in us are always out at the surface and at the forefront in our lives, our power, our authority, our purpose, if we've got to keep those things stirred up in us, then we have to consistently be engaged in forms of spiritual activity. Our days have to be filled with moments and times and things along the way where we're just, we're, we're, we're praying, we're meditating on the word, we're studying the word, we're worshiping God, we're listening, you know, worshiping music in our car, all these things where we're letting God's spirit really connect with our spirit and just stir things up in us. And we begin to have more and more of a sense of God's power in us. And so I want to take you today to the book of 2 Peter chapter 1. 
to really unpack more of this because Peter, in this epistle, he talks a lot. He places a ton of emphasis on this idea of staying stirred up in the things of God in our lives. And he also talks about the consequences or the risks of not staying stirred up as a follower of Christ as we walk along in this life. So I'm going to start in verse 12, actually. We're going to be going through verses 1 through 15. But I'm going to start in verse 12, and it says, I, I wonder, did I accidentally put verse, I didn't go all the way to 15, did I? That was my fault. All right, let me just read it to you. It says, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent, just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. So what's Peter saying? He's writing this letter to, to the leaders and the people of the, of the established church. They're, what we can see is people that have already given their lives to Christ. They've received Christ. And so they're born again believers because he's even saying, look, I know that you're established in the present truth. I know that you've got a revelation of Christ, of who he was, of your Savior. But let me make it a huge point to remind you that I need to keep you stirred up in certain things, in certain truths, and that when I'm gone, there needs to be some sort of process, some sort of value that you're placing on this so that this is a continual behavior. This isn't something that I just remind you about when I'm gone doesn't continue to happen because you have got to keep these things stirred up in you. So let us now go back before this passage and examine what was it that Peter was talking about staying stirred up in. And more importantly, what is it that we today, who this epistle is still speaking to right now, what is it that we today need to continue to be stirred up in in the things of God? So this is what Peter says in verse 2. Before he talks about, let me keep you, I want to remind you to stay stirred up in these things. He says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of, our, of Jesus our Lord as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these... You may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. These really, when you just kind of wrap these phrases together, give us a great overall picture of the authority and the power and the victory that we as believers of Jesus Christ have and should continue to stay in in our lives. He talks about you've got promises that God has already paid for. You've got authority and you've got power. God's nature, it's in you. You get to participate in that divine nature. It's like Christ is right there with you alongside of you, paving the way for everything that you move forward in in faith. 
And he's saying these things are truths. These are essential foundations of what we subscribe to as followers of Christ and the Christian faith. And you have got to stay stirred up in them. They have got to continue to be turned over and, and moving out at the forefront of your lives, showing themselves out each and every day that you walk along because you have to be able to escape the corruption that's in the world through lust. These things allow you to continue to stay in victory as you move forward day to day. And the things that are going to come against you on a regular basis, these things need to be stirred up and active in your life in order for you to just keep on moving through them. Amen? So what is the risk of not being stirred up? So if that's not the case, if we're not staying stirred up in our spirit, man... What, is, what are the risks there? What might happen uh, if that doesn't continue to be something that we stay engaged in, the spiritual activity, keeping the spirit man stirred up? In verse 8, he says, For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you're seeing there's always going to be fruit coming out of your lives if these things are active, if these things are continuing to be stirred up and, and activated in your life. But then in verse 9, he says, For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. So even though we receive this power and this authority, even though we are given this, this grace in our lives to be able to walk in the authority that Jesus died for us to have, it doesn't necessarily automatically mean that it's just going to happen every single day in the life of a believer. Right? Paul said in the book of Galatians, he said, you've, as you've been made alive in the Spirit, let you also walk in the Spirit. This, right, two separate functions going on there. So yes, we're regenerated, we're reborn in Christ, but that doesn't necessarily mean we're always walking in the power and the authority that we have and activating that in our lives by faith. In fact, he even says something really powerful here. This really jumped out at me recently when I was studying it. He says that he who lacks these things, who's not stirred up, who's not, these things aren't at the forefront, they're not out in your life, you know, being demonstrated every day. He who lacks these things, is short-sighted it's like he almost isn't quite seeing clearly you're sort of looking from an angle or maybe there's a blur over you it's just some of the things that are happening you're just not quite seeing them as clearly as what you should be even to the point of blindness forgetting that you were cleansed from your old sin holy cow is this crazy or what we're cleansed from sin because we receive Jesus as our savior but if we don't stay stirred up in the power and the authority that we have, we can almost forget about the fact that we've been reborn. Now, that doesn't void the salvation. That doesn't remove the seal of the promise of the Holy Spirit. Let's get real clear about that, right? But what it does mean and what it does tell me is that somebody can actually begin to walk along and move along for so long a period of time, not staying stirred up in the moves of God and that spiritual activity, engaging with God on a consistent basis, that they can do that in such a way where things start to settle and the, the things of God just start to kind of go into the background where we almost just forget about the fact that we are new creations in Christ with this amazing power and authority. And let me just plead with you, 
You do not want that in the background of your life. You don't want to spend a day short-sighted about the fact that you have the power of God living in you. You, you can't afford to, right? Because the world that comes against you is going to, it will overcome a person that doesn't demonstrate this power and authority that they have in Christ. They could be short-sighted even to the point of blindness where they forget they were cleansed from their old sin. So if that's what he's saying, look, let us really understand that for us, there is a real risk of us being subjected to having our view of God's power in us and our authority and our purpose just be diminished or kind of diluted in its active form in our lives. It's still fully capable. It's just that it can kind of start to settle if we're not staying stirred up with God in our spirit man. And then it can begin to just have less of a prevalent part of our daily walk. It can not afford us the victories and the, the opportunities and all the things that we need it to as we walk along. And I can just, I can really speak to this from, from personal, from my personal walk. And I think that maybe many of you could relate with this. When I first came to know Jesus, when I received him as my Lord and Savior, there was no mistake about it that something happened in the inside of me. No mistake about it. I could, I could feel God's spirit living on the inside of me. I could feel and understand the words of the disciples and apostles of reborn and regenerated. I could get it. I mean, I knew it now. It was real for me. But as I trace back and I look through the early seasons in my walk, one of the things that I can identify is, and, and these are just, these were observations and things that I would begin to see along the way, is it seemed like there were seasons or periods Maybe there were days, sometimes weeks, even sometimes months, where it seemed like there were just kind of like dry periods, right? Where just all of a sudden, things were really just kind of like weighing me down more. Like the things that I knew I had victory over, I knew I had authority over, you know, all of a sudden, they were just starting to come against me, and they were getting the upper hand over me. I look back in periods and, you know, I was discouraged or maybe unmotivated or I was just, you know, you kind of look at situations differently with a different point of view. Like all of a sudden now, oh, that, that's not going to work out. You know, oh, that's just a problem now. You know, or that's an issue. All of a sudden everything is, it, it, there's less hope that you're going to make it through certain things. You kind of just give in to certain battles early and just accept the loss. There were seasons like this in my life along the way, even after I received Christ. But there were also seasons that were marked by great periods of growth and advancement and forward movement. My faith getting stronger, the, the joy and just the hope is like I can conquer the world. You know, God's going to, we're going to do amazing things. And things were just awesome and great. And so I start to look and I start to wonder, what is the difference what is going on in these periods where things are great and these periods where things are not? I, I didn't love God any less, right? I didn't love him any less. He wasn't any less capable in me of doing great things. What was different? 
And I can tell you that it really simply just comes down to this. And I believe that this is the case for all of us, that we can really relate to this. It simply comes down to the fact that there was a direct correlation with the times and the seasons of that fruitfulness and that abounding and that power and victory and that joy and that advancement. It felt like we were just growing in our faith, growing in our relationship with God. There was direct correlations with that and the amount of spiritual activity that was going on in my life on a consistent basis. I was praying every day. I was studying the word of God. I was in the house of God on Sundays. I was worshiping him. I was devoted to him. My heart was just wrestled and pulled in his direction on a daily basis. And I was seeking him at all ends. And everything that was going on in my life just sort of fell into place around that. And I was advancing and moving forward. You could say, as I've mentioned here before, I was stirred up. The things of God were just stirred up in me and circulating and moving and just always out at the forefront of what was happening in my life. But there was also a direct correlation to the times of what seemed like dryness or difficulties or discouragement. And it was like somehow along the way, I had just sort of stopped engaging as frequently and as consistently in those forms of spiritual activity. There were periods of time where we just stopped going to church, you know, for weeks at a time. You get, you get busy and stuff. And I'm not saying that that in itself is wrong. But let, let me just tell you, I felt it, okay? It started to eventually catch up to me. Because when I wasn't in the house of God on a regular basis, then it was like, then I wasn't maybe praying as much. I wasn't opening my Bible as much. I mean, I'm just, right, just saying it how it is. And because of this... Was I doing something terrible? I mean, I, no, I'm just saying that it was catching up to me. And I wasn't engaged in the spiritual activity with God. There was lapses in time that were just becoming too far apart before I came to these points of being stirred up again. And things were just starting to kind of settle in me. Things that I looked at and said, oh, that is nothing. We're gonna, God is going to be with us. I'd be like, then when things started to settle and these, this power and this authority was just kind of like in the background now. now, now it wasn't what everything was sort of happening around in my life day to day. Then I started to look at stuff and think, man, you know, I guess that's just what we have to deal with. I guess whatever. Oh, there's another situation, you know, here we go again, right? Oh, it rains, it pours. I hate that saying, by the way. I, I, I hate that. And so when God, you get what I'm saying, right? I mean, it, it's just the way it is. Stay stirred up. Stay stirred up so that the things that you have are actually being manifested. So that the things you have the potential of are becoming reality. You've heard the, the, the term unused potential, right? I would say that that's a good way of looking at this. The potential for winning every victory you'll ever face in your life lies right here in the one living God that rests, that lives in your heart that you have the authority of if your faith is stirred up and active in that. It's always there. But we don't win every victory, do we? We don't win every battle that we come against. Sometimes we take a blow that we don't necessarily need to take. And, I, and this isn't maybe the only reason for that, 
Okay, people endure suffering. I'm just saying that this is something that can offset a lot of those. Is if we're not staying stirred up, if those things of God aren't at the forefront in our lives, that we are going to see longer periods of time where we go without the power, the authority, the, the, the exceedingly great and precious promises being a very real part of what we experience. But when you're staying stirred up, man, it's just like everything that's happening is just, God is good, you know, oh, that's okay, whatever, we're just, we'll deal with that. God has a plan, I don't know, but there's something in that, that God makes everything turn around for my good, right? I mean, it's just like, boom, things just start coming out. <laughs> and there's that faith and that authority that's just in the atmosphere, it's out in front of you, paving the way for where you're headed. And you need that. Just this morning, Katie and I were talking, and she was getting ready, and uh, I think she's probably staying stayed, stirred up right now because we were talking and she's like, yeah, you know, I think I'm going to get my hair done differently now. I'm thinking about getting like this reverse, was it reverse sombrero? What is it? What is it? Verse ombre. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> reverse ombre. And so she's like, you know, and it's like, it goes from dark to light, no, light to dark, you know, it's like the opposite of what your hair naturally does. She's like, you know, I just, I've thought about it before, but I just didn't, but you know what, I'm just going to go for it. You just, you can't live in fear, you know, you just got to take risks. Sometimes if I don't like it, I don't like it, I'm just going to do it. And I'm like, are you preaching a message here or are you talking about your hair, you know? So when things are stirred up in you, it's like all of a sudden faith and authority and victory just comes out of you into the things you're dealing with in your life. Right? That's what God means for us. That's what he intends for us. Even if it's just your hair and the way you're going to do your hair. Right? She's not afraid. God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind and a new hairstyle. That I will walk in faith. Oh. We've got to stay stirred up, man. We just can't afford not to, guys. We just can't afford not to. You, you, you don't want the great power and authority and things of God to just be kind of dormant in your life. You don't want them to just be sitting there resting at the bottom of the, of the, of the soil, if you will, not stirred up into the atmosphere of everything that's happening around you. And God doesn't, most certainly doesn't want that. Listen to what Paul says to Timothy in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 1. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. Before I read these verses, though, let me just point out that we can discern from the way Paul writes these scriptures. It doesn't specifically tell us a lot about what's happening in Timothy's life at this time, but we can discern that Paul is, is speaking to Timothy in such a way that Timothy seems to be in a weakened state. He seems to be kind of in a discouraged, for the sake of what we're talking about, what seems almost kind of a dormant place with the power and authority that God has given him. And Timothy, we know, is one of the guys that Paul placed the greatest amount of confidence in, maybe the most, as in terms of up-and-coming leaders that were helping to build the church in the early days. He was given probably more responsibility and more leadership as a young man than any of the other apostles that, that were trained up under you know, the first ones, Peter and, and Paul and 
and so on. So Timothy is a giant, man. I mean, he's one of the early heroes of the New Testament church. And he's in a weakened state. He's down and discouraged and probably taking some blows all of a sudden that he shouldn't be taken because he's got the authority in him, but it's just it's settled and it's not active. So listen to what Paul says. He says, I am calling up memories, Timothy, of your sincere and unqualified faith, the leaning of your entire personality on God in Christ, an absolute trust and confidence in his power, wisdom, and goodness. He's saying, I'm calling this up. This is what I've already seen before in you at earlier times. This is a faith that first lived permanently in the heart of your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am fully persuaded that dwells in you. He's calling out the things that he's seen. He's calling back to the moments of authority and greatness he's already witnessed and demonstrated. And we can grab this and say, man, you've walked in victory before. You've walked in great authority. That's not a guarantee that you're going to do that tomorrow. You better stay stirred up and you better have your faith ready because when tomorrow's battles come, the faith of yesterday is not what's going to win that victory. You need to have faith and you need to be stirred up every day going forward from here lest we maybe find ourselves in a place like Timothy where we've won battles, we've had moments of greatness, and now all of a sudden we're not stirred up, things have settled, and it's showing itself out, and we seem to be in a weakened, dormant, deluded state with the power that actually is available to us. This is what Paul says. He said, that is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by means of the laying on of my hands with those of the elders at your ordination. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, of cowardice, of craven and cringing, fawning fear, but he has given us a spirit of power and of love, of calm and well-balanced mind and discipline and self-control. Stir, Timothy, you get stirred up, man. <laughs> Holy cow, something happened along the line here, and, and it's okay, but we need to get, you need to get stirred back up, brother, and I mean now. Because if he has to remind him of some of the things that he's reminding them of here, that means that those things are not visible, most likely, in the way he's walking things out day to day. And so he's bringing them back to attention, just like Peter said, let me remind you. But in the course of reminding you, let us engage in spiritual activity so the Spirit of God can stir these things back up in you and bring them back up and break them back up to the surface so they actually start to becoming a, become a reality in your days, in your weeks, in your months from here. And you better keep staying stirred up in that because if you don't, guess what? It's just going to settle right back down. You've got to stay stirred up. You've got to consistently be engaged in those forms of spiritual activity with the spirit of the living God. So your spirit is moving and circulating with all the great things that you have in you. You know, I think a lot about in terms of this kind of a truth. The reality is, is that there's a lot of people that are in the church today that aren't living their lives out this way. They're not living in this. They're, they're, to me, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a shame. You know, it's, it, it's just unfortunate. We, we're not meant to live like that. But I think about outside of ourselves, like outside of just the church, the people already that are a part of the body of Christ, and you look at the world around us, and 
how many of us can, can say that we know of stories and situations of people that aren't following God that one of their main objections is, yeah, you know, I've seen people that are Christians and sorry, but they're not living the kind of life that I'm interested in. I mean, that, that the, the things that I see in their life, uh, I mean, I hear you talk about this power, this great life, this authority, but I don't, I mean, that's, that's not what I see. In fact, my life's actually a little bit better than theirs. I mean, they're having all kinds of problems. They're getting divorced. They're, you know, having all kinds of issues and things that are going on that are going wrong. And, and I, I'm, you know, better off than they are. So it's like if people in the world look at the life of a believer and they understand what we have the potential of or they've heard about this, but then we see the believers aren't walking in this power and in this authority and this victory where they're continuing to stay, up, stay stirred up. I, I just, for me, I can see how that could become a stumbling block for the world around us, right? And we don't want that to be the case. We want to walk in that authority and that power so that we enjoy the benefits of that, but that the world around us can see that, that, that our lives line up with this great faith that we're proclaiming. That this great Jesus that we talk about in amazing ways, that there is a reality of that happening on a daily basis in our lives that is evident to the people around us because he's being, we're being stirred up to where the things of God are showing themselves out, out in our lives and the things that we walk through. So let me show you a demonstration to kind of close things out. And actually, we can get the team back up here. I want to show you something that I think helps really put a picture to this. Can you guys see that okay? Sort of. This is a, uh, let me do this. This is a glass vase. It's filled with water. And at the bottom here, there's a, about an inch or two of sand. Now think of the sand as the full power and authority and gifts and promises that are available to you that Jesus has already bought for you, that he already paid for. Right, He wrote a check with his life, and it cashed, and you get to enjoy the benefits of that, and so do I. The power, the authority, the promises, the victory, right? And imagine that, that that's what the sand represents, and that the water really just represents the, the full picture of our lives. The days, the weeks, the months, the years, the job, the marriage, the home, the family, the friendships, the relationships, and so on. And if we don't stay stirred up, ultimately what happens is much like this sand in this water, is it's settled. It's there, it's still in it. It's just that it's, a, it's at the bottom and it's just sort of resting there. And there's a whole lot more of the water that the sand just isn't really showing itself out in. When you look at the water of our lives, you might see a little bit of God but it's kind of hard to see all the way at the bottom. And most certainly you see a whole lot more 
that, that you don't really rep, recognize God in. But if I get stirred up, if I get on my knees and pray, if I open my heart to just speak to God, to receive what he has for me, if I worship him, if I open up his living word, if I connect with the body of Christ for the sake of sharpening each other, if I'm engaging in any of these forms of spiritual activity, there's a stirring that's going to happen, right? God does that part. He does the stirring. You just engage in the activity. He stirs. And when that happens, all of a sudden, God becomes visible in every part of our lives. Do you see a place where there's not sand? Do you see crystal clear water anymore? All of a sudden, I see you, Jesus, in my marriage. I see you, Jesus, with my kids. Yeah, God, I see what you have for me at my job now. <sighs> Holy cow, God, I understand now that this person is going through something that you've been trying to show me that they need help in and that I can help them. You've given me the ability to do that. But guess what? If I walk away and I don't do that every day, we come back tomorrow and nobody touches that, what are you going to see? You're going to see crystal clear water again. It's just going to need to be stirred back up. We've got to stay stirred up. And that picture right there that you see will give you a good picture of your life. And you know what? When people look at us, the world around us, we don't want them to just see us. Right? I mean, people see just me. Look, I'm a nice guy. I care about people. Great looking. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, humble as can be. Uh, but so what, really? So what? I don't want people to see me. Because guess what? I, I can't transform anybody. I can't stir anybody up. Me, Matt Hack. I want people to look at me and see God. I want them to see the one true living God, the creator of heaven and earth, demonstrating his power, his greatness, his glory in my life, where people look and say, I don't see water, man, I see sand. That guy has got God in his life. And despite whatever I've thought or whatever I've heard, it doesn't matter because that is real and that is happening and I see it. I want people to see God in my life, and I want to see him in everything that I do. Let's stand to our feet together.